You're listening to You Heard It Here First, the first United Methodist Church of New Ulm podcast. A seat at the table. A few years ago, I read a book by author Sarah Miles called Take This Bread. In it, Miles tells the story of how her life significantly changed when she randomly walked into a church on a Sunday morning in San Francisco and took communion. She writes, I say I took my first communion, but I think it actually took me. Now in Take This Bread, Miles connects her faith journey to her desire to make a difference in her community, and as she progresses through both, arrives at the idea of starting a food pantry out of her church, St. Gregory of Nyssa Episcopal Church in San Francisco, California. And she sees how her being fed at the Eucharist every week, because Episcopalians partake at the table weekly, was connected to a deeper calling she sensed to feed people in her midst. She recalls seeing, reading, and researching about poverty in her community learning that the way her neighborhood had been designed decades before lended itself to segregation, with rich white people living on one side of the community and many minority groups living on the other. And so she recalls her story and struggle of implementing the food pantry at her church, where food she had purchased for cents on the dollar at a local food bank was delivered, set up in the church's circular sanctuary, and people would be let in a few at a time to shop for what they wanted and needed. Cereal, macaroni, peanut butter, fresh fruit, and vegetables all given away for free to people in her community who are in need. She also insisted that no proof of ID or papers were necessary to receive groceries, that people only show up. Because, as she argues in the book, our neighbors, friends, and strangers were hungry. The very least a Christian church could do, for starters, was feed them. And this is where we pick up our scripture text for this morning from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22, which is all about one simple word, unity. Now that the author has laid a groundwork for salvation by grace through faith, which we heard a little bit about last week, how it has nothing to do with what we have done or left undone, but that we are saved through the unmerited grace of God, this passage makes clear how far that grace actually goes. But it begins with a reminder that once, the readers, who were Gentiles by birth, that means non-religious, and without Christ in their lives, verse 12, and aliens from the commonwealth, as the author describes it. In other words, every single one of us, at one point in our lives or another, were considered to be foreigners or outsiders to God, even us as modern readers of this text. Now, Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But... God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. In other words, before we gave God a conscious thought, before we had any awareness of God's presence in our life at all, Christ died for us. And further, before we were strangers to the covenants of promise, covenant being relationship between God and people, having no hope and without God in the world. We were outsiders and strangers to grace, a people without hope. It's kind of like standing on the outside of a candy store, looking in, knowing that you can't make it inside. Sounds like more bad news, huh? But, 
Verse 13 continues, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace in his flesh. He has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. There's those words again. But now in Christ Jesus. This is the good news, friends. For we who once were aliens, who once were spiritually far away from God, have been brought near to God through Christ's blood. We once were far away from God. Christ's blood brought us near. The wall has been broken down both metaphorically but also quite literally because you see, in the days of the temple, there were walls erected and not everyone had access to every part of the temple. Everyone would have been allowed inside, but you had to be a Jew to get inside further and you had to be a priest to get inside even further. But I'm reminded of the parable of the prodigal son from Luke chapter 15, how after the younger son demands his share of the inheritance and squanders all of it on an overly indulgent lifestyle, he begins to, wake his, to make his way back home again to ask to be a hired hand because he has nothing left and he's hungry. And the text says, But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Just like in our passage from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we who once were far away from God have been brought near through Christ. And I love that imagery. That imagery of a prodigal God becoming undignified to show love for the, ch for the child that has been lost and suddenly comes home again and is now found. So the author continues, for he is our peace. We can enjoy the peace of Christ in our lives because we have been adopted into God's family. Remember how we talked about that last week too. And we are called to share that peace we know and enjoy with others. We do that through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service. It's the basic principle behind our community breakfast that happens every last Sunday of the month in our Blessed Bottoms program that happens throughout the month. Sharing God's love through caring for the needs of others and the driving idea behind our Wednesday family night as well. And we who are called and we are called to work to reconcile others, those who are far off just like we once were, back to the loving arms of our Father who loves us and cares for us and desires for us, his children, to be reconciled to one another but also to him. And this means especially to be reconciled to those who don't look like or think or act or even worship or pray or live the same way that we do. And that can be difficult, friends. That can be hard work, but it's also holy and necessary work. So the passage continues in verse 17. So he came and proclaimed peace to those who were far off and those who were near. For through him, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God. Paul is engaged in this work of reconciling Jews and Gentiles, people who have very two very different belief structures and different ideas about what it might mean to follow Jesus. 
but both groups are given a seat at the table, friends. Now, earlier last week, I had the opportunity to start a four-week class through our annual conference on anti-racism. Because, you see, at its very heart, anti-racism is rooted in justice. The Old Testament understanding of justice is wholeness, of ensuring that everyone gets a seat at the table, not unlike what we've been talking about this morning. And so, as the poet Emma Lazarus once wrote, Until we are all free, we are none of us free. My hope and prayer is that we would live our lives like it, working as agents of change to ensure that all people have a seat at the table, both now and always. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening to You Heard It Here First, the first United Methodist Church of New Home podcast. Feel free to check out our website, firstumcnewalm.org, and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstumcnewalm. Hope you have a blessed day.